one. This podcast may contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to viewers and audience. <clears throat> What's going on? I am Scoots Bronson. And I am S. Foster. And welcome, welcome, welcome to Viewers Anonymous, man. How we feeling? Everything good? I mean, everything is good. Everything is great, man. Um, coming off of a beautiful, you know what I'm saying, Father's Day weekend. Happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers out there and to you as well, my brother. Um, yeah, man, everything good. How you holding up? Man, I'm holding up all right, man. I appreciate that, man. And happy Father's Day to you and all the other fathers out there. Um, you know what I'm saying? This was a an eventful weekend. You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> today we today my ass. Um, you know, Saturday. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to call it put on the bed, but right. you know what I'm saying. But we had his service. You know, he right. but he decided, you know, that he wanted to be cremated, so it was a different. You know, kind of serve it because mm-hmm. we didn't do the whole burial thing, but so uh, like a celebration. Yeah, man, and it was, man, it yeah, was man. like it. It was, you know, because I'm not, I'm not the one to write notes and shit. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I, and, and then, like, you know, I was, you know, I even shared it with you. I shared with other people, yeah. and everybody was like, "Man, you know, speak from the heart." You know, because I did a tribute and the in the thing, and like, dude, like it was so. I was so at ease because like everybody. Everybody had jokes. Everybody yeah. went there, told funny stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, his family had this whole little running joke going. I had a couple of running jokes going, and so um, and then my dad go up there, and that was hey, I, I, I was surprised because it was a tough act to follow. Man, mm-hmm. pops went up there and did his thing, man, <laughs> and then he then I go after him. I'm like, hey, man, you gonna make me follow that? And man, let me tell you, my guy, Scoots, I went up there, I grabbed that mic, but. Everything just everything I want to say was like, oh was shit! Gone. It was, gone. <laughs> it was like it gone. was gone. You had to speak it was gone. Heart, man. I did, I did, man. I got my one joke off though. Okay. I got my one joke off. You know what I'm saying? That, that I that I did remember because, like, you know what I'm saying. Let me tell you how I set it up, right? Because mm-hmm. April told me she was like, she said, because uh, we talked after it, and she was like, you had me sweating. And yeah. I was like, because I said beforehand, I said, well, you know, Unk's one of Unk's favorite quotes. I was like, I'm trying to think if I do, I want to say this in church. And she was like, what? I was like, Unk would always say, you know what I'm saying? The Bible is a book. It's a mm-hmm. good book, but it's not the only book. And you got to mm-hmm. be knowledgeable of all things. And she looked at me and said, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I get up there. I'm talking. And then I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to send you the link, man, because like they had uh that group that you that yeah. I sent you, um they they recorded the whole thing. Yeah, I, I seen some of it. I seen some. And of uh, it. I started speaking, I think around like the 57 mark. Okay. And um, and so I said uh the way I set it up was I said so I gotta say I like basically I gotta say something. And I was like, and I know, I said, I know we in the house of the Lord, but I, I got to say something. And then you hear the room like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, that's when she started sweating. 
<laughs> and all I said was, I said, it ain't what y'all think. I said, I said, it's just a little alcohol reference. I was like, mm-hmm. y'all remember? I said, y'all remember the Dosaki commercials mm-hmm. of the most interesting man? I said, yeah. hey, buddy. <laughs> I said, well, that was Aunt, man. I said, he was the most interesting man in the world. Yeah. And, I, and then I, I brought up a couple of stories of like, how he just happened to be at certain places at certain times. So mm-hmm. I was able to throw a little something together, man. But, you know, but, you know, it was a, uh, it was one of those things. And then like the church that we went to, it's like our like family, family church. Oh, okay. And so like a lot of my family members are buried out there. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I walked out and saw my grams, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Went and saw her, uh, saw her grave and everything. So, uh, it was a, it was an it was an eventful weekend, man. So that's good, man. That's good. That's real good. That that helped you, uh, you know what I'm saying, get your mind off of stuff and you know what I'm saying, reset yourself. It's always necessary to reset yourself, man. Um, so did you cry? You know what I didn't, man. Um, really? You know, I, I think I got it all out that day. Like my thing was, it, it was so weird because the day that I found out that Saturday, like I told you before, it was like, dude, it's like, it's so weird because it was like, I told myself, all right, you got to be cool. You got to be cool. Mm-hmm. And it's like, as soon as I got in the car and I knew I was by myself and nobody was with me. And then it was like, it just I could up. not stop. Yeah, it just came up. And then it was like, all right. So I finally got it to stop. But then when I, once I went into Unk's house and it's like, I never came come right here back. when he's not here. It came right back. Yeah. And then it was just like, I couldn't stop. But like that day, like his family, dude. Like you think, um, is dude. His whole family just like him. Like, oh, dude, man. it is so. It is so crazy. Listen. So his his one of his grandsons, Tory, went up. Right. He yeah. came up after me. So you know, obviously, I mentioned the podcast. Yeah. And so you know, so I get done speaking, and then Tory comes up. And he was like, "Hey, I'm Tory." Nah, nah, nah. And he was like, "Dude, you gave that man a mic." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but everybody was about to start laughing. He yeah. was like, I, he, I cannot believe you gave that man a mic. He was yeah. like, and you know how much he liked to talk. He was yeah. like, I can't. He said, I cannot believe somebody gave him a mic. He was like, man, that was that was something detrimental to the world that I gave him a mic. But it was dude, it was so great, man. Like it was like, dude, it was it was really it was generally a good time. Yeah, you know that's what I'm saying. Up, um, you know, a couple of family members came to me afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, like as soon as it was over, like his son Douglas came up to me and he was just like, "Dude, well, you don't know how much that podcast meant to him." He was yeah. like, he would call me all the time and just talk about you and that podcast mm-hmm. and how much he loved to do it and all that stuff. Then Tori came back up to me. He exchanged his number with me. Um, he was like, you know, hit me up anytime. Yeah, and you know his uh his daughter came up to me. Um. One 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 of his granddaughters had came up, so it was mm-hmm. it was it was it was cool, man. It was it was real cool. Everybody, well, see, it's, it's super dope, though. You know what I'm saying? Because you know what I'm saying. Not only did you know what I'm saying, y'all do the podcast together, but now you know what I'm saying. They still got something to go back and you know what I'm saying. Listen to him talk, and they still can hear his voice, and you know what I mean. That's that's dope, bro. That's real dope. Because you know what I'm saying. Like a lot of people, they don't get that chance to you know what I'm saying. Like they they don't have well with these recent generations like they don't have those because you know people used to have like family tapes you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. Dad used yep. to carry around it you know what i'm saying they don't have those you know what i mean like they don't have those memories 
and you know what I'm saying? It's it's it, it always makes you feel better when you can go back and listen to and, and hear that voice and you know what I'm saying and all that. So that's I think that's dope that you know what I'm saying he was able to leave behind something for them to still uh you know what I'm saying connect to you know what I'm saying to him, you know what I'm saying, and, and hear him, you know what I'm saying, when they don't feel at ease at certain times, they can go and listen and you know what I'm saying, still hear his voice. I think that's fire, bro. And then the last thing that I'll say about it is uh Tori also said while he was speaking up there and, mm-hmm. and I, I had to let him know. I said, dude, it wasn't your idea. I said, we did a podcast Wednesday and I said this yeah. already. But he was just like, you know, after he was like, man, you gave this man a mic. And then he was just like, man, you're going to have to end that podcast because that's a huge, uh, you know, yeah. voice to fill. Yeah. And I told him, I said, look, I don't want you to think it was your idea. I said, <laughs> but I've already, I said, I've already said yeah. that I was going to end that podcast, man. Because mm-hmm. I said, can't nobody replace him. It's too much, it's too much knowledge and too much wisdom, man, and too much experience to, you know what I'm saying, to, to be able to sit right there and, and think that you'll be able to fill those shoes. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like I, some, yeah, some, yeah some, like some things like it's just <clears throat> you know, even 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 now, don't get me wrong, because it, it was after Joe, it was I think it was Star, and then they brought Wayno in, but mm-hmm. everyday struggle wasn't the same. Like no. Joe is just one of those people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody's gonna sit up there and turn red, <laughs> yelling at some exactly. shit. That's great. Like, see, and I mean, that's just like with the JBP. Like everybody keep talking about how they think the JBP ain't gonna last, and it's like what people fail to realize is, nigga, Joe was the the catalyst for the whole show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like as much as as much. Uh, as much, well, I'm saying it wrong, as polarizing as he is, you know what I'm saying? You either love him or hate him, but either way, you're still going to tune in to see, you know what I'm saying, what he's going to talk about, what he's going to say, what he's going to do. And, you know what I'm saying, like, even with the addition of Ice and Ish, like, bro, it's no dip. To me, it's, there's there's not really of a, a difference, except for the fact that now this, like, this pod is a little bit more mature than the one with Rory and Ma. You know what I'm saying? But you mm-hmm. still got parts that he, you know what I'm saying, he's still throwing his jokes and shit in there. You still got Savon and them still doing their thing. So with the addition of Ice and this, I just feel like now that they, they talking about certain topics that weren't being talked about before. And on top of that, like I feel like the Ice and Edge interact a little bit more compared mm-hmm. to Rory and Maul. So, I mean, yeah, man, it's just, like you said, Joe is just, he's the he's the, the centerpiece of it all, bro. And, you know, once he, once he left, bro, Everyday struggle wasn't, you know what I'm saying? People that I don't think, same. yeah, I don't think people realize how valuable he was to that show. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, like, look, me and you've been talking behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Wayno's Hear Me Out, that's that oh, is that's, dope. That's great. Podcast. That pod is amazing. Like, he's dope, but excuse me, but he didn't bring like Joe is just different. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I don't think that the show was canceled because of Wayno. You know what I'm saying? It was just well, Joe just brought a different kind of energy. I think that I think that with the addition of Wayno, it lasted as long as it did because you had because a, you had a guy like Wayno on there. You know what I'm saying? Like when it went from Joe to Star, I think they tried to use Star to fill Joe position, but it wasn't the same thing because Star ain't you know what I'm saying? He ain't he don't have that same experience that Joe got. But then when you add somebody like Wayno in there who been in the music industry and been in the business and everything else, 
And then you you got him who he ain't he ain't like super loud and rambunctious, but at the same time, like you know what I'm saying, he got a sternness about himself. So when he actually talking to academics and doing certain shit, it's like, oh yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like he got a he got a way of carrying himself, which I think helped that show last for as long as it did. Yeah. And last point, another like another like you take Charlemagne out the Breakfast Club. Oh no, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's over. It's over. It's it depends on the certain people. And yes, I, and, and if people see the correlation, yes, I am putting Uncle Washington in that category. I yeah. am. Like, he yeah. was just different. And there's it, it nobody else. It don't hit the same. Even when you get a guest, it don't hit the same without Uncle Washington. Yeah, it's, it's just different. So, mm-hmm. uh, rest in peace to my guy. I love him. So, yeah, you know. But, man, listen, we got a guy. I started off this way. You know what I'm saying? Uncle Washington. He used to say this all the time. He was mm-hmm. like, listen, if I was a GM, I would have got fired. Because he said, I would not have drafted this guy. He really? Said, I don't like yeah, he said it all the time. He said, I do not like small players. Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. Okay. That's right. And he said, I would he said, I would have got fired for this guy and Chris mm-hmm. Paul. He yeah. said, because I don't like small guards. Yeah. Amen. And but this but this doc we got today, we're doing it on a man. Listen, everybody knows. I, I've been yeah. talking about this dude way before I even got a podcast. A man, a man. This dude is not a man. This he is a legend. He is a he basketball, is a whole legend. He is basketball. Guy. He is basketball royalty. This dude is man. Listen, he was the he was literally the face of the NBA, bro. He was. Literally the face of the NBA. I think I think more so like I don't even think like LeBron been at this level. The only other person that was probably at this level is Michael Jordan. But I don't even think like LeBron got to his level. No. Um as much as I love LeBron. <laughs> but 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 this is the thing about LeBron though. Even LeBron admits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now he I now don't get me wrong, he idolized Mike Jordan, yes. Mm-hmm. But he's always said in interviews, "I wanted to be Allen Iverson." Everybody wanted to be Allen Iverson, and this Dude. and and this is this is what's so dope about it, right? LeBron was famous at what fifteen, sixteen, maybe thirteen, fourteen at the at the least. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And he had he he was literally like on covers and all this other shit. I mean, he was the man. Don't get me wrong. I was I was in Ohio. I know how all that shit felt. I know how all the craze felt. I remember, nigga, it, we ain't even in goddamn Akron, and they would play that nigga highlights in Dayton, and that shit ain't had nothing to do with our leagues or nothing. They was just showing this nigga constantly. So um, I remember when he came down here and beat <laughs> beat up on fucking uh, Ketter and Alter, and he tore their ass out the frame. So – when I tell you, like, I, I remember this dude literally being the, the talk of the town and getting drafted, number one, being the man going to Cleveland, all this shit. Even at his height, he still couldn't get to where Allen Iverson was. He yes, still man. wouldn't be where Allen Iverson was. So I, true, I think I honestly think that Allen Iverson was, at his peak, more famous than Michael Jordan. I would say I would say yes because the thing the thing about Jordan was Jordan 
changed the game with his dunks and his shoes. Mm-hmm. Allen Iverson changed the whole image. Yes. Not only that, he changed the way people played, Dressed. the way they dressed, yeah. the way they got tattoos, mm-hmm. the way they did their hair. They Jordan didn't do all of that. Exactly. Yeah, jewelry. And he combined hip hop with mm-hmm. basketball. Like that nigga people, made people wear Reeboks. Man, you ain't lying. Well, no. I don't know. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Shaq wasn't doing it. Shaq was no. first. Nah, because not like that though. Everybody didn't have those. That's what I'm saying. But but I will say, because this ah oh, man, all this stuff is kind of tinkering around the same time. Those Sean Kemp kamikazes, though. Pumps, yeah, the pumps and all that. I remember the, all them, yeah. the Shaq Gnosis, yes. the kamikazes, all, that, all, all the Kobe's, all them was cool. They was not the Iversons, though. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. That's I'm what just I'm saying. saying, like, I'm just like, saying he, that. When I say he, when I mean, like, he had people like Shaq, cool. Like, now niggas is wearing, niggas is going to get the Shaqs. Now niggas is going to get the Kemp's. And all them, you know what I'm saying? Like, now niggas is going, niggas is even trying to go find the old yeah. D-Rose joints. But when I say like nigga Iverson, Iverson probably got. I think Iverson was probably the first retro Reebok. Well, I mean, okay, now, now you, you're talking. Okay, I gotta give you some pushback right here. Okay, because you're talking like I don't know. No, like, I know I you know. You I had, had everything. Yeah, Iverson, okay, you had him. That's what I'm saying. But, I'm talking for the people. I think Iverson literally had the first retro Reebok. But not only that, though, like. Just think about think about the, the the short time span that it took for him to get to where he was at, right? Yes. It only it was only like what five years at the most. And see, and see, and this what and I it was, was really it was really more it was really less than that. Yeah, because I remember when we was talking for the coming soon, mm-hmm. and you were saying like like ninety eight, ninety nine, and I was like, I don't know, dude. I was like. It, like ninety six, people was fucking with him then. Like when he 100%. first got drafted. No, but what I was saying was like when he was the man, though. Like ninety eight, ninety nine, he was the man. Yeah, bro. yeah. But two thousand one was a whole nother level. But we'll, Yo, we'll get yes. there. Oh, we'll, yes. we'll get there. But oh yes. Uh, but we're doing the uh the documentary um self entitled Iverson. Um, mm-hmm. it's it's actually like a Showtime documentary so mm-hmm. if you got anything showtime it's on there that's where you or, can find uh, it you can watch it on amazon prime oh, it's on there too yeah that's okay. did you have to pay for it nah if you i mean it was on nah, there okay got, cool it's, it, you gotta watch it with ads but i mean that's cool oh okay cool cool yeah and um you know it came out in 2014 mm-hmm. um you know it goes over his life man and you know since it's a documentary man we gotta go with the we gotta go with the flow man you know it started yeah. out in his childhood you know, Newport News is where it all started. Bad news, Virginia. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, but it was it was it was rough, man. And then the one thing about Allen though, um, I think that's a a few a little parallel. I can't remember how young you said you were, but um, but well, it's it's a little different because you okay, Allen Iverson don't necessarily know who his dad is right. but his mom was dating a guy and he he was like he, he called him his dad he was like he's mm-hmm. been there since he was three months old mm-hmm. so obviously you know this was a dude that was you know what i'm saying gotta get a man surprise i mean to be messing with a woman with a three-month-old baby that's i think she was 16 17 
But yeah. she had she had him really young. And um but you know, Alan says, you know, he was he was in and out of jail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he was really with the with the street life. And, you know, that also left his mom to deal with a lot of shit on her own. And, you know, and then he had younger sisters yeah. and, you know, couldn't keep the lights on, couldn't really, you know, he was like, you know, th- this that's that's like Uncle Washington. He was like, dude, I didn't know that I had it that bad until people started telling me I had it bad. Yeah. I mean, you, and, you don't realize you don't realize, you know, what I'm saying your reality until you step out into actual reality. You know what I mean? Like. You you think then that that's just commonplace. You think that everybody get their lights cut off. You think that everybody got to eat noodles and hot dogs. You think everybody, you know what I'm saying, uh, you know what I'm saying, can only get a, a couple pieces of bread so everybody else can get bread too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, don't, you, you think that it's only, you know what I'm saying, it's only normal to have one box of cereal in the house. Like, so when you growing up like that, that's that's just common shit. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't even consider that type of shit until, you know what I'm saying, you enter somebody else's world or enter actual reality where you see that, oh, you go over, you know what I'm saying, your friend's house and this nigga got six boxes of cereal on the thing. You thinking like, damn, these niggas are rich. And you know what I'm saying, you really don't know no better. Or, you know what I'm saying, instead of y'all eating hot dogs, they eating polar sausages and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying, off the grill. You know what I mean? Like, not even boiled. They, they eating them off the grill. You like, oh, man, y'all barbecuing shit? Like, y'all got a barbecue pit? I remember, you know what I'm saying, like, uh, going to see. Well, I ain't. I, I don't want to put it like that, but like I remember, like friends who had pools and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like my yeah. my my one of my best friends in his backyard. You know what I'm saying? His dad got them a pool and shit, and it was just like, damn, like bro, y'all got a pool, bro. Like that's that's dope. You know what I'm saying? Like that type of shit. But you know what I'm saying? Like to us, it was something extraordinary. And then you know what I'm saying? In our actuality, it was just something that. You know what I'm saying? You should actually be able to afford, you know what I'm saying? If if things were done correctly in the world, you know what I'm saying, everybody would be able to afford these things and everybody would be able to, you know what I'm saying, enjoy the, the certain luxuries in life. True, man. Like, and I mean, because I look, I I've I've been there where it's like you go over a friend's house and you like, damn, man, y'all got this, y'all got that. Yeah. It's like, damn, I ain't even got that in my crib. And like, and you know, like for me, it was like I mean, I was in a situation where when I was with my mom, like I had my own room, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It was me and my mom and my sister and all this type of shit. But you know what I'm saying? I wanted to live with my pops. Yeah. And then I go to my pops, it's a full house. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's my grandma, it's my dad, it's my dad's brother and his son and my aunt. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like a house full. And I'm sharing a bed with my dad and my and my cousin sleeping in the room too. And then my yeah. cousin, my other cousin would get out of jail. They get a fold out bed and put him in the room with mm-hmm. us. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, you think that's what life is. Cause like I live, you know what I'm saying? With everybody like, you know, bit mama's house and all the type yeah. shit. Like I lived at bit mama's house. So everybody yeah. was spending the night, you know what yeah. I mean? So I think that's just what life is. And, you know, so Alan talked about how, you know, he was in the streets, but the one great thing about Alan, and I think that he wouldn't have got there like, it ain't no doubt in my mind. I think he would even admit. Mm-hmm. If he didn't have these certain people in his childhood, he would have never got anywhere. I mean, he basically had his, this was his foot, football coach, his youth football coach, mm-hmm. took him in and he lived there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... And, for, um, 
and uh Jamie and Jamie's mom, you know what I'm saying? They was they yeah, was, I think like before what, I think that was his name. Before yeah, the and football that was thing. Yeah, that was that was dope that you know he had and, yeah. and, and that's why I say, man, like for for people to try to give that perception of like when I mean we'll get there when we get there, but the whole broad mm-hmm. thing is perception that he was racist. You know what I'm saying? It's like this dude says, like, yo, like my yeah. first, like my first guy, like my first best friend yeah, was a white kid that stayed next door. Literally. And he and, and, and the reason that they was cool because you know what I'm saying, he was he wanted to protect them because you know what I'm saying, he he felt like, you know what I'm saying, people was bullying them and fucking with him and shit like that. Like to yeah. me, I feel like this documentary at first, when like because when it first come on, it throw you for a loop because they got the little kids talking and shit. And the little kids like, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't want to talk to him. I wouldn't say he a good person out in public and blah 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 blah. He great on the basketball court, but he ain't even, you know what I'm saying? So like when you first see it, it's like, damn, is this gonna be like one of them smear campaigns? And then when you actually get into it and you see that, you know what I'm saying, this is a dude who at the end of the day, he really just wanted to protect his people. He really just wanted to provide for his people, you know what I'm saying, and make sure that everybody was straight because that's the type of person he was, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was a given person. He actually gave a fuck about people. So, like, the fact that, you know what I'm saying, him and his best friend was best friends because he looked out for dude, you know what I'm saying? Like, he wouldn't let people bully dude, and he always made sure that, you know what I'm saying, they was doing shit. Like, he taught him how to throw a football, play basketball, that type shit. That just lets you know, like, yeah, he was really a, a good person on the inside. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. And I, And they didn't show it. In this documentary, which was kind of weird, mm-hmm. um, there was one year when he was about to fail. I think he was about to fail the eighth grade. No, he did fail the eighth grade. And, and yeah, and so then it was talking about like his absences. Yeah, and them joints. And and one of the and uh, there was another. There, there's actually two other ones. There's one um, that's really just talking about that championship year, but they, but they brought up his early years and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there was another, there was a 30 for 30, um, <laughs> on Alvin Iverson as well. But like in one of the other ones, they talked about that year that he missed all that time. That was the year that his mom, and, and maybe he didn't want his mom to look that bad. Yeah. But there was like situations like where his mom was like MIA. And he had to take care of his younger sisters. So he didn't mm-hmm. go to school to take care of his younger sisters. So I I thought that that's something that, that they would have put in there. But like you said, um, you know, he took he took care of the white dude because he was like, yo, people used to pick on him because he was the only white kid in the neighborhood. And yeah. so he used to spend the night over there. And then and like I say, everybody that know him, mm-hmm. even 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 the lady was like, yo, that's Bubba Chuck. You know what I'm yep. saying? Like, we always called him Bubba. Like, that, that's now, what his name was. <laughs> One thing that threw me off, right, um, was when Jamie's mom was talking. And she was talking about how, you know what I I'm know saying? what you're like, going Yeah, they always, you know what I'm saying, always at fried chicken and She was like, I, I was cooking a whole bunch of fish and chicken and pork chicken, chops yep. and all that. But she said... <laughs> She said, they were all so tight. You know what I'm saying? They would have basketball games in the back of my house, and they would just call, call them nigger just like everybody else. And that shit threw me for a loop. I was like, oh. <laughs> like, did she really <laughs> just say that? Like, okay. Like, I, I guess. But, I mean, it was, that was just, that was, you know what I'm saying? That that was, um, that was, it was 
not the not the n-word part but just the fact that the, the way she was just speaking on you know what i'm saying how their childhood was i thought that was dope because it shows you that regardless of everything else that's going on that just shows you the purity of youth you know what i'm saying like just how mm-hmm. pure youth can be like the fact that they were all friends they was all kicking it they was all coming over jamie house playing basketball showing him love just like he was one of you know what I'm saying like everybody else like he said he was the only white kid in an all-black neighborhood and they were showing him that type of love like you know what i mean that that just lets you know like at the end of the day man like you know what i'm saying when when you at that young age like yo all that shit don't even matter it's about who fuck with you and who you fuck with at the end of the day yeah man and you know, then, you know, you transition to football, man. It starts showing Allen as a young youth, man. And, like, just to see just how – and that's the thing. You can see it early. Like, mm-hmm. you see the one that's like, yo, that one kid right there? No, yeah, he's going to be a dog. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to be the one. Like, you you can see, like, they showed maybe, like, two games of, like, highlights. And it was just like, mm-hmm. he's different from everybody else on the field. Bro, that one, that one where he was <laughs> – he was Man. running. He was running to the sideline, and that nigga shifted his hips and backpedal, and then shifted it in and turned it. He literally didn't turn like to face. Like his back never faced the end zone. He literally was running side to oh, side. I about. He shifted and backpedal, shifted again and turned. I was like, "Oh shit!" I ain't seen footwork like that in a minute, bro. That was that and was then, crazy. And then the crazy part. The same way he holds the ball is the same way Michael Vick holds the ball yep, when he runs. Just like him, bro. <laughs> just like him, bro. Just like him. So, you know, then his football coach was like, yo, I see the potential in this kid. But then mm-hmm. he was just like, you know, what Allen was going through it, going through at home. And he was just like, he seen that he needed more help than just, you know, him coaching him. So he opened up his house to him. Yeah. And then that was really the change because I think that I think that with Alice's mom, I think that she because she, she had him so young, mm-hmm. and I think that she not that she couldn't raise a boy. It, it, it's like it's for someone for someone to 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 if you have someone that's willing yeah. to take in one of your kids, and you know what I'm saying. You're already struggling with your bills. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is a lesser mouth to feed. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it makes it a little easier on moms because then you got a, a boy that's, you know, becoming a teenager. He's playing sports. He's eating a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, mm-hmm. I know that with myself and with my teenager now. Like, these motherfuckers, like, we can eat by back then. Like, God damn. But, like, dude, that's when I first realized <laughs> I could eat a whole box of pizza by myself. And I'm like, oh, man. It's like, man, like, hey, mom, I'm hungry. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, listen, I, boy, that's that's when you got to get out there. My mom made me go cut grass. She was like, if you're gonna be wanting pizza and shit, I pay for the rest of the bills and regular groceries. You want to order pizza? You have to go get you some pizza money. I had to go cut grass, bro, for pizza, bro. Dude, I'm telling you, but it's just like, so I, 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 cause I, I'm not like criticizing her as a parent. I just think that if you get that that help hand, I remember, mm-hmm. um. What's your boy name? Play for uh oh man, what's that dude name? There's one dude, he went he uh went to Missouri, mm-hmm. got drafted by the Rams. What's that motherfucking name? He was a receiver. 
I forget what his name was, but like he was like struggling, like in school or whatever. And when when did he get drafted? Man, this was like early. I mean, maybe like 2010, 11, somewhere oh, around there. Okay. Man, was that? I forget. I forget what his name was, but like this family, like his coach took him in. Mm-hmm. And like after the coach took him in, because like when he was in high school, like he wasn't really getting like no, no scholarships off of the shit because his grades was bad. Because right. he had like a hard home life. And then when the coach took him in, he started getting his grades together, no, 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 all the type shit. Then he ended up getting a scholarship. Um, like I could see his face, but I can't remember his name. Like he had like a a, a few good years, but like he was never like a star or anything like that. But anyway. So the coach, the coach take him in, um, but this is the thing: like he was really a father to him. Oh, uh, Denario Alexander. No, it was it was another guy, man. You sure? Yeah, man. It was. I feel like I want to say something Mason, but but anyway, I can't remember. It's it's slipping my mind right now. But um, so. He told the story of one time when 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 Allen, you know, was screwing up, and that was when he was fell in the eighth grade, and mm-hmm. he was like he grabbed him and he threw him through a windshield. Yeah, and Allen viewed it as like, "Yo, I got to get my shit together because this man." He was like, he didn't take it the wrong way. He was like, "I never seen him that mad before," and he was like, "He was that mad because he loved me." Yeah, he because he was saying like how you know what I'm saying when you get in slim, you already you know what I'm saying like you already scared. Then on top of that, when you're around your friends and you see everybody laughing at you, then you embarrassed. It's like that's what got him. You know what I'm saying kicking it in the gear. Like you know what? Like I got people around me that love me. I got people around me that want me to do better. I think it's time that I get into it and get out these streets and really start. You know what I'm saying getting on the ball. That was one of them things that kicked it all into motion, man. But like you said, that's that's what happened when you got those type of people around you who want to see you succeed and who want you, you know what I'm saying, to make it out of, you know what I'm saying, where they was at. And Coach Mo was one of them people that really did that. Man, for sure, man. And then, like like, like you said, Allen, he, he put it in the gear, and then he was just like, you know, that was a battle. Um, which, which this shit don't really like. This is like the underground shit of college, well, high school football. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't supposed to be recruitment <laughs> and going to high school. And it wasn't even for football; it was for basketball, though. That's the crazy part. Hey, but well, I mean, dude, they were showing highlights of him. Yeah, and, like dude, they was they was even, looking for him at uh, as far as basketball. That's the that's the part I didn't because I had to rewind it. Cause I ain't, I ain't catch what they was talking about, and when I rewinded it, I know they were showing the football highlights, but they was talking about like basketball. They weren't even talking about football. So like when it came around the time for you know what I'm saying him to get to high school, like yeah, like you said, like they was it was damn near a, a bidding war. Yeah, to get to get him to go, you know what I'm saying to a certain school, mm-hmm. and so he ended up choosing Bethel, and that's when they bring in that family that you were talking about the uh, yeah. his high school coach and yep. and his mom and his um uh, with a high school coach and his wife and she was like I was a teacher at mm-hmm. Bethel and because Alan said that you know I he said I couldn't escape neither one of them he was like yeah. one of them is the, is my teacher and the other one's my coach mm-hmm. and so she said that um 
when he was in the eighth grade, he was on JV, and she was like, she asked her husband, like, are you going to play him as a freshman? Because she was like, you never do that. You never play freshman. Mm-hmm. He said, <laughs> I told her, if if I could, I'd play him in the eighth grade if it was legal. Man. Because <laughs> he was that good. Mm-hmm. Like, like, man, it was crazy. And then what was also dope, this is why I love about There's two things I love about Allen Iverson the most. That's more than anything that he's ever done. Mm-hmm. Is number one, I love how he wears his emotions on his sleeve. Like yep. this dude, he will cry in a minute. He will give you that that lip shiver, mm-hmm. like when he can't get nothing out. I love that about him because he's a very authentic person. And then the other person is how he don't forget about motherfuckers. Yeah, like she showed the thing that said when he won the MVP trophy in two thousand and one, mm-hmm. he brought them there. Yeah. He didn't forget about his high school coach and his teacher. You know what I'm saying? So that was the one part that was dope. That because she was like, you know, because she has like a whole like room that just got all of his pictures and accomplishments and him being on. <laughs> she was like, I call it like the, the opposite time wall. Out, time out, nigga. What the fuck was that? Hey, when you when you have the opportunity to teach, coach, whatever. No, person. I'm talking about what the fuck just happened in your house. You raised your hand and your lights came on. What the fuck was oh. that? Bro? <laughs> man, look, man. Abra just walked in here. Oh, man. Hey, bro, that shit just tripped me out. When you, <laughs> you was talking and you did that and the lights came on, I was like, oh, shit. This nigga, this nigga got the glow. <laughs> I got the glow? Man, yeah. you that clown. I thought you were talking about what I was talking about, man. Nah, that's why that's why I was looking like that. I was like, did this nigga cut his lights on with his hand? What the fuck was that? Man, what you think? I got the clapper over here or something? I don't, I don't know. That's why I was asking. Because when you did like this, the lights came on. That's why I was like, I looked. I was like, the fuck? I was like, oh, this nigga got it. Nah. No, nah, man, nah. That's funny. But yeah, but, you was, you're saying how... Um, you know what I'm saying? The, the, he was bringing the people from, um, you know what I'm saying? Okay. He always was looking out from the people in his past. Yeah. And so um, so he was like, basically, I would play him as a freshman. Well, I was going to play him as a freshman. Mm-hmm. And so then he was just like, yo, like I broke my ankle my freshman year. So he was like, I wasn't able to do what I wanted to do. But he was mm-hmm. like, my sophomore year, like that's when I hit the ground running. And like oh, that's man. when he really – Started becoming like a household name. Bro, this nigga had a football championship and a fucking. Well, that was his junior year, though. Nah, yeah, the yeah, same that's year. Right, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And like, man, listen, like, now this is another thing that was odd mm-hmm. that I didn't put in here. That was in another documentary. They didn't mention how this dude. Still has a state record to this day with seven interceptions in a game. Oh, for real, man! He, this dude was this dude was a quarterback. He returned punts and kicks. And he, he was, was a, a demo. He was a safety. Like this dude did everything. And like on, on another documentary, it was the the football championship game, mm-hmm. and they was down. And so, like the team had just scored a touchdown. He told the coach, he said. Now, people, this ain't in this documentary. This this is me knowing a whole bunch of opposite shit. Right. And he was like, um, he told the coach, I'm about to return this kick and we're about to win the state championship. 
and the coach was like, oh, you know, you know, he, he's just confident, dude. You know, mm-hmm. that that kickoff and got it, returned it, ran that bitch back, and then won the state championship. Mm-hmm. So, like, this dude, man, he was the trajectory on this bro. dude. Yeah, he was some people, some, bro. some people are just great. Like, even some people would say, I remember watching something on them, and they was like, literally, NFL people mm-hmm. was talking, like, just by looking. Just his two years of yeah. high school football. They said even with his size, he would have made it to the NFL. Listen, they was like nigga, he wouldn't have been a quarterback, but right. But that's that's how they talked about Brian too. That's why I said, bro, like that nigga Brian was the same way. I know LeBron was a dog on the field, and they was like, yo, when when they was showing highlights of him in high school at St. Vincent's, bro. It was like, yeah, he he would have been good enough to play. Like, remember, they was even talking about it, giving him a 10-day contract to go play with Dallas at tight end, bro. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that was the 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 shortened season. Mm-hmm. They, thought, they thought the whole season was going um, yep. to be gone that year. I remember mm-hmm. that. That was when he was with Miami. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the year they won. the Because uh, I remember people bullshitting around talking about Oh well, I mean, if LeBron's first championship was a shortened season, it was like people always try to find ways to short LeBron, man, like all the time. But I think, I but, think that, I think that Iverson is is one of those reasons why um, people are so reluctant to be LeBron fans to show LeBron that same love that they show Mike and Kobe, and you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't think that is necessarily the. Um, I don't think that it's the him switching teams thing and him doing – I don't think none of that is the case. I think that with Iverson, right, him being uh, at the at the pinnacle that he was, right, him being on that pedestal that he was on, once he got there, there was like – bro, that was, that was literally somebody being in a different realm. And it was like nobody hated Iverson. And if they if they did, like they wasn't gonna come out and say that shit. Like I, I know people who had Iverson jerseys who didn't even watch basketball. Girls was going around in Iverson jersey dresses. Like that's how you know what I'm saying? Like that's how impactful he was. But I think that once it started to get to that in route to where, you know what I'm saying, he was on there, like, we talking about practice, to them points, to where, then he ended up in Denver, and, um, well, well, he went to, like, Detroit, and, you know what I'm saying, like, when he was going to, to that end road, I think that's when, you know what I'm saying, the fall-off started to happen to where people didn't show him that kind of love anymore, you know what I'm saying, like, I think, for some odd reason, like, people started to feel like a resentment toward them. Like, you know how they say they, they build you up to break you down. Like I, it was kind of like that. And I felt like when Brian got to the league, like, I think that was the same thing with him because like, as long as he was with the Cavaliers, everybody was cool. And then like when he left to go do something different because he wasn't getting no help, then it was like, Oh man, you know, he, he a loser, man. He's scared. He don't want to be good. But it's like, why would he want to waste his career in Cleveland? You know what I'm saying? And not get the opportunity to, be as great as he could be somewhere else. You know what I mean? It's, I, I just feel like that. I feel like a lot of stuff that happened with Iverson 
is is you know what I'm saying one of the things that kind of I mean this shit it happened with Kobe, it happened with Brian, you know what I'm saying? Um I mean it, it just happened with a lot of star players. And I think that Iverson was one of the ones who actually had to go through that. Man, Iverson took the bullet for everybody. Yeah. Like he was the sacrifice. Uh, what the sacrifice of, like, bam, like he was the dude that. Well, we'll, we'll get there. We will get there. So, like, like we mentioned, um, this dude was able to win state football. A couple months later, wins it in basketball. So, oh man, was it was it October? Shit, I should have wrote it down. October something, 1993. They're all at the bowling alley. Everything cool. Oh, man. And the bowling alley was near a town. I forget the name of the town, but, you know, like Confederate poke, flags. Poking noise, poke, Poconos or something like that. Something like that. And, like, and it was a well-known, you know, town where, you know, they, they didn't really rock with black people like that. Mm-hmm. So it was some people... From there, dude was like, look, we was on lane like uh, eight and nine. He says, Allen ended up going towards like where 32 was. And he was like, that's down where the concessions and stuff was. So he probably was either going to the restroom or going to the concessions or whatever. He was like, then we see this, you know, white dude in in Allen's face. And then next thing you know, he was like, whole brawl breaks out. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, you know, you see one of your boys, you know, somebody in his face, like, you know, you're going to go defend the people that you came with. So then chairs start flying, punches were thrown, all this type stuff. And, you know, you let them tell the story. They was like, yo, if you see the video, they was like, (laughs) if you know what Allen had on, you see him walk past the screen. Yeah, you literally see him walk out. Yeah, walk out. So mm-hmm. like, so he wasn't even like involved like that. So right. then he said he calls Drew, not Drew, calls Mo. Tell him about it, and Mo said he knew right then and there. Mm-hmm. There's gonna let, fuck let me get yeah, they're gonna fuck you over. Let me get you a lawyer. So he gets a lawyer because he worked at Howard. Mm-hmm. So he gets a lawyer that uh that represents the school. It's like, look, we think Allen's gonna need a. Uh, some representation. So they fucking with Allen saying like, yo, we need you to come down here and take a picture for a lineup. Mm-hmm. And Allen's like, he see the other pictures. He was like, man, these dudes like 25, 26, 27 years old. Yeah. And he was like, and Allen was 17 at the time. And he's like, the cop told him, the lead detective said, if you don't come down here and take these pictures, we're going to arrest you. Yeah, he said so, we're going to pin it all on you. Yeah, not only that, but he was like they had a game. Yeah, and he was like they played Hampton, and he was like, "Yo, this is the biggest game in the city." You know right. what I'm saying? So he was like, "Everybody was going to be," and they told him, "If you don't come out and take these pictures, we're going to arrest you during the game." Mm-hmm. So he said he went down there and took the pictures. So he takes the pictures, and then he said that he don't hear nothing for like six, seven months. He was yeah, like, he believed what it waiting. was. They was waiting for his 18th birthday so they mm-hmm. could charge him as an adult. Mm-hmm. So, the crazy thing about that whole trial was 
the four white people that came forward, one guy was like, oh, he, he not, Allen knocked my glasses off. Then another oh, person said, Allen broke, broke my ribs. Yeah, this like, one broke my <laughs> So he's telling me, out of all these people, it was a brawl between like 20 people. Bruh. And you say, Allen Iverson. He was just going through as a four menace. People. Yeah, he was a fucking <laughs> menace. He hit somebody in the head with a chair, WWE style. He bit somebody. The one dude, he bent his fingers back. I'm like, man, cut it out, bro. That's just like, saying anything, bro. Like running through a crowd, just messing up. This yeah. is the thing. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep. I'm just gonna fuck up like four or five people. You know, he, like, threw, he threw some dude down the bowling lane. I'm like, man, that was making all kind of shit up, bro. It was so ridiculous, bro. It's ridiculous, man. So, the but the one thing that that the raw footage of those kids in there talking mm-hmm. the day before, um. The sentencing and stuff came in. Yeah. That part got me because you just got 17, 18 year old kids, and Alan's like, yo, I'm going to say this. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we ain't going to go to jail. I'm going to say this. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm sorry what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, all this type of stuff. And then it's like, and Alan spoke. You know, he was like, yo, I'm, I'm sorry for what happened, you know, to those people. But, you know, basically, I ain't have nothing to do with it. Nah, nah, nah. Right. They sentenced this dude for a. And then they tried to throw the word mob in there. Now, see, if he mm-hmm. thought, and, and see, that's the thing. And that's why I tell people words matter. If it would just been a situation where it said a group of kids it got into a fight at a yeah, bar, it would have been, been totally different. But because they called them a mob, it made it more kids. sinister. Exactly. And then they sentenced him. Then it was for, it wasn't even like for assault and no shit. It was for maiming. Dude, this shit is nuts. Like, they hold get, on, they... real, look, just peep this though, because I I had to do this too. I, I had to find out what they what this shit mean, right? So, maiming, right? That was the charge. To maim somebody means to wound or injure, so that so that part of the body is permanently damaged. There's no way. That he was going through on them four people, and them motherfuckers are permanently damaged, bro. There was three felony counts of maiming. Dude, like this, that. that, that just lets you know just how fucked up shit is, bro. Dude, that's just the <clears> beginning <throat> of it. Yeah. So dude. they sentenced this dude. Now listen to me, people, because people jump on the first part with well, the second part. He got sentenced mm-hmm. to fifteen years. Yeah. With 10 years suspended. Mm-hmm. Think about that. A, a brawl in a bowling alley. Mm-hmm. 15 years? And and it was him and all his dudes, too. Yeah, and they got else. more. They had got the 17. The one dude had 17. Yeah, the one dude had 17. And he got, With he so, got some 10 years suspended. suspended. They all got 10 suspended. Yeah, they all got 10 suspended. So Allen No, 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 you're five. right, you're right. Well, it, it was not uh 10 suspended. Uh Allen got 10 suspended. Everybody else got every got five. all their sentences. Yeah, all their sentences got reduced down to five years, basically. Yeah. And it's like, and then they had this whole thing with the bun. So out one of Allen Iverson's attorneys said, listen to me. The only people 
mm-hmm. that get no bond is for capital murder. Exactly. Not regular murder, not second, first degree, third degree mm-hmm. murder. Capital, he said, the capital was different between capital is you could get the chair. Yeah. So obviously, you could tell it was a message being sent to Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. It's like, and then that, and also they was painting this dude out to be a racist too. Now they didn't really yeah. emphasize it on, in this documentary how much because <laughs> on the other ones, like they was going in on this dude like he was just a flat out racist. Like the whole yeah. thing started because Allen Iverson jumped on this white dude. Like it was they turned it into a whole racial thing mm-hmm. in the other documentaries. But like what really Help Allen Iverson in this situation. Now, people did march. People thought it was fucked up. Now, it, and this is when anytime when the race conversation is being brought up, the one thing that always helped is when the white people or person can see the injustice. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of what we was trying to do. And like Charlemagne says it all the time, use your whiteness, use your white privilege to combat prejudice. Mm-hmm. And his teacher, the coach's wife, she spoke on the stand yeah. and told them like, yo, Alan, he's a good kid. Like all this but stuff that shit, y'all said. That shit but, don't matter, man. When but this is the you, most... This yeah, is but this is a popular motherfucking sports kid in the in the state right now. But this is but this is what stood out to me. Is when she said they wasn't trying to hear me. Right. And that's when she knew that it was a whole objective for this dude to get locked up. Mm-hmm. And see, that's what's important. See, the most important thing, like when we talk about people being you know, unarmed black men getting killed, you know, in that car for nothing. Yeah. You know, all this stuff. I mean, I'm not going to rattle the name. There's tons of names we can go down. Mm-hmm. I think that from that point on, I think that that's when this white family started to see the difference between black and white. Because people don't, there's, there's always sometimes a, a traumatic thing to happen for mm-hmm. people to get it. And I think that she didn't get it, and that coach probably didn't get it until that courtroom situation went down when she was like, yo, these people wasn't even trying to hear. I'm white, and they wasn't trying to hear what I was trying to say because I'm defending this black kid. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... And, and maybe maybe they... Maybe the reason that they worked at that school was because they kind of did know. Because, I mean, I don't... You don't ever want to discount somebody for what they, you know what I'm saying, to say that they don't know. Because, I mean, maybe they were aware of it. Maybe she was aware of it. Maybe she just wasn't aware yeah. of, of how um, how serious it was. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think a lot of times that some people are aware of what's going on. They just aren't aware of the seriousness of it all. Um, I, I think that was important, too, that you said that because, like, I know in, in the documentary she was talking when they were saying, like, how you know, um, 
how they was trying to split it up, saying that it was a, a black, it was like a race, a race fight or whatever. And she was saying like, yeah, like I, Alan had all kinds of friends, you know what I'm saying? Like even more so, she was saying, I think she was saying like even more so, like he had more white friends and even had black friends at one point. Like mm-hmm. it was because everybody knew who he was. He was a football player, basketball player. He was a star. He won the championship. So it was like everybody knew who this dude was. He was the and class clown. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying? He was so beloved everywhere, she couldn't even believe that something like that had even happened to him. So that just, you know. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's unfortunate that it happened that way, but um one important thing that he said was, you know what I'm saying? Like he had said he talked to his grandma when all this started happening. And he was like, you know, with all the bad stuff that's going on, you know, so I asked her, like, yo, why God doing this to me? And she said that. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to tell you this one time only. You don't question God. And from that point, he said, I never did. And I think that 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 was something that prepared him for everything else that was coming down the line. Yeah, man. And then it also helped that, you know what I'm saying, he was was a national story, man. Like, with him being one of the top football and basketball players in the country, Tom Havisho. Mm-hmm. He comes down. He wants that. Now, one part that was wild was that they brought in like like the CEO that was there yeah. when he was there. And this dude was like, man, this dude got tons of fan mail. Excuse me. He was getting panties sent there. Man, money. All money, shit, all types of shit. Now, something that I skipped over and I cannot believe I... Because I, I, th- this is something that goes with both timelines. Also during this time, that's when he met Tawana. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, I, I knew, well, he met Tawana before all this, the brawl yeah. shit happened, but was a high school. Uh, yeah. His name? high school sweetheart, which he's yeah. still with today and see. Okay. I, I get that when I get there. So, okay. Right. So then Tom Havishaw comes and he says, look, I got mad love for NBC and Tom Havishaw. He's like, if it wasn't for them, he don't believe that he would have got out because if it wasn't for that interview, the mayor wouldn't have pardoned him, I don't think. Yeah. Even though, because remember that 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 white lady, that teacher said, yo, people marched at everything. She said, it didn't help. Right. She was like, it didn't help. Well, what helped was how NBC and Tom Havishaw made it a huge story. He went down there and he talked to Iverson and he was like, yo, this was a good kid. And he got railroaded. Mm-hmm. Like, they they railroaded this kid because and like like and like uh Drew said I keep saying Drew but what Mo said he was like they did not want to see this kid succeed. Yeah so they was able to use the press you know what I'm saying to put pressure on the mayor the mayor pardoned him a couple of days later or, or I can't remember they didn't really say the timeline but a little bit later then his friends got out. So right. now you go on the whole thing of with well, Allen Iverson finishing school, so um, they don't really show all this in this uh, in this uh, documentary. But so he ends up getting his GED. His mom started pleading because all all the scholarship offers went away after this whole situation happened, which is not surprising. Um, so his mom goes to Georgetown, talked to the great, you know, what I'm saying John Thompson, mm-hmm. and John Thompson was like, "Yo, I didn't recruit Iverson." Like I didn't, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, he said his and, mom and he, did. His mom uh, recruited him. Exactly, 
And he was just like, yo, he was like, he, he just wasn't like my, you know, type of player or whatever. And he was like, but he also knew he was like, look, I'm a parent. He's like, she's a parent pleading for her child, um, you know, to further his education and, and, and go to school. And so, you know, he brought Allen in. And like he said, he took a lot of criticism for bringing them in. You know, kids uh, talked about him on campus. Um, so th- and that's another thing that people don't seem to understand, like what he went through, because I'm pretty sure people had those jail jokes about him yeah. um, going to prison or jail or whatever. And, you know, and now he's being thrust into a college campus and he got to play ball. And then not only is he playing ball, this dude is thriving. Like he becomes instantly one of the best players in the Big East. And like with people that don't understand the Big East at that time, that was the superior basketball conference of all yeah. conferences. You know what I'm saying? So he goes there. And what's great about John Thompson is his honesty. Like this dude is so honest with everything. <clears throat> Even though, like he would say, look, me and him, we bumped heads. We didn't agree on everything. Mm-hmm. But he said, but what I did notice about this kid was, you know what I'm saying, his relentlessness. Um, you know, he he basically did everything that he needed to do if him and Iverson had a disagreement. And like even Iverson said, like, he wouldn't yell at you in front of the other players. Yeah. He was like, he would take you to the side. And he was like, he knew once he took you to the side, oh yeah, I got I gotta get it together. Mm-hmm. Like if, if if he took the time out to pull me to the side, then I know there's something I'm doing wrong and I need to change it. Yeah, and then he said he would, you know what I'm saying, ask him, like, yo, you wanna go back to the hood? You wanna you know what I'm saying, your mom to keep struggling, you want your sisters to, you know what I'm saying, live in that hellhole. And then, you know what I'm saying, he said that would just light that fire up under him and, and make him get busy, man, and and, and go to work. So you know what I'm saying? After all this happens, you know what I'm saying? He has a hell of a year at, at Georgetown. Beat the brakes off of Ray Allen's UConn. Um, I wanted, I think, didn't he dunk on Ray Allen or something in that game? No, it, it wasn't Ray Allen. It wasn't Ray Allen? Dude, but it was so funny because you could see Ray Allen looking. He was like, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, man, he, he was, dunked on he was somebody, giving Ray bro. Allen the business, bro. Like, that was... That was an interesting – first off, that's one of the most interesting drafts. You know what I'm saying? You got Kobe. You got Allen Iverson. Um, you got Ray Allen. Was Ray Allen in that draft? Yep. KG was in that draft. Um, I think Steve Stephon Nash Marbury. Was, yeah, Marbury. I think Steve Nash was in that draft. Like, Steve that Nash, was, yep. That was – 96 was, was the year, bro. That was a very interesting year, bro. So, you know what I'm saying? Iverson goes number one, goes to the 76ers. Um, man, he <laughs> he was just getting busy, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, came out um, showing out, playing his game. You know what I'm saying? Crossed up Jordan. You know what I mean? Um, then it was just like every year after that, he just was getting better and better. Got to deal with Reebok. Um, you know what I'm saying? Ended up getting his own shoes. Um, then it, then 2001 comes along, and this is this is the this was the um, the rise of Allen Iverson. 
This was this is when Allen Iverson becomes, you know what I'm saying, the, the best player in the league. You know what I'm saying? Um 2001 he comes in. Well, like in that that first year he won rookie of the year. I forgot to add that. He 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 got he definitely got rookie of the year. Um but 2001, he won NBA All-Star MVP. He won the MVP for uh the league. He had a, a scoring title. Um, he led the Sixers to the championship against the Lakers. And that's when it was like, yo, he here. You know what I'm saying? He he is here. Um, but in the midst of everything that's going on, he's still going through um, certain situations, of course. He still got a whole bunch of bullshit he got to deal with because you know, in the media, they calling them thugs and they saying that he got this um, gangster image and he wearing all these baggy clothes and chains and see Dolores Tucker was talking about him and he was, he was trying to rap, which I'm with them on that one. He should have, he should not rap. Um, Jules was not, was not the man, but uh, outside of that though, like, this is this is where you get to see how much of an impact he really had on the league and the in, in basketball in general. Man, you ain't kidding, man. Like, and then like to to come out and have you know uh, 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 to come from where he came from, and how quickly that situation could do. He could just been one of those dudes that was just forgotten. Yeah, remember there was a lot of players that was cold and just got mm-hmm. caught up in some shit. Never got to go to college. Never got right. to, you know what I'm saying? To right. come from where he came from, to be the first pick in the draft, have his own signature shoe right off the rip. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then one of, one of the things that was so dope was they said, and I like the way they said it, it was like once Allen Iverson hit his stride, it's like then all these tattoos came and then these mm-hmm. cornrows came. They were like, when we drafted him, that's not what he looked like. Yeah. <laughs> so he just completely changed the game. And then, you know, Larry Brown even told him, was like, dude, you don't understand the 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 power that you have. He was like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like people, people see you and you are a leader, not knowing that you that you're leading, you know. Mm-hmm. So Allen starts getting on all of these magazines, commercials, like this Reebok, Gatorade. This nigga was doing it all, bro. Doing it all. And then what ended up happening is the fact of other players. It's like, shit, if Allen can do it, I've been wanting to do it, but Mm -hmm. I've just been too scared to do it. Next thing mm-hmm. you know, they coming in the game, do rag zone, yeah. tattoos, yeah. sagging they baggy jeans. Yo, when they was showing the shit that them niggas was wearing before that, bro, when they showed Kobe in that big ass uh, yellow fur, I was like, yo, what the fuck was that? Like, who <laughs> thought that was a good idea? I'm glad that them niggas was dressing the way they were dressing. I mean, because it was, it was, um, it was indicative of who they were, man. You know what I'm saying? Like these are dudes, these are young dudes who listen to hip hop. They follow the hip hop culture. 
I mean, I'm sure that they was, you know what I'm saying, connected with these hip-hop artists one way or another. A lot of them niggas was even getting talked about in songs. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, with Iverson bringing that culture into the NBA and making it a part of what the NBA was, I think that, you know what I'm saying, like, um, like uh, Scoop Jackson that said, like, yo, he was the, he was the, I mean, not Scoop Jackson, it was um, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade said it. He was the bridge between hip hop and the NBA. You know what I'm saying? He made it. He made it cool for basketball players to have. You know what I'm saying? The chains on and the in the pants. You know what I'm saying? In the in the shirts and everything else. They was dressing like how rappers would dress. You know what I'm saying? Wearing the do rags and everything else like that because that's really in, in all actuality that's who a lot of them were. That's where a lot of them come from. You know what I'm saying? They didn't come from suburban homes with polos and khakis they came from the streets where niggas had to wear baggy jeans because you had to keep your heat on you and shit like that so i think that it was just he was at the end of the day really just being himself and and by being himself i think that's why he was so impactful you know what i'm saying and and that and that's the impression that he left because he he was never afraid to be who he was man that is a hundred percent true. And then what ended up happening was the league is like, but then the thing Allen Iverson started become the thing about the NBA is there's always this guy who they like to label the face of the NBA. Uh-huh. They never wanted, like they they never pushed. For Allen Iverson to be the face of the NBA, he just on, became. They were still on the Michael train. He just became it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then once he became it, and everybody started to follow, they're like, "Yo, we can't. Uh-uh, something got to change." Yeah, because then fans started talking shit. Mm-hmm. Now, um, people in in those executive meetings started saying shit. Mm-hmm. So then, they, and then what really made the change? Phil Jackson, uh, ESPN, and starts talking about you need to represent the NBA in a better fashion. Bro, Don't be Phil around. Jackson is a, as as great as a coach he is. He's a terrible person. Like the fact that you don't get it because we just recently had this situation with Phil Jackson. We were talking about LeBron, talking about his posse and all this other mm-hmm. shit. Like the fact that you just don't get it. This has this has nothing to get because that's the thing that threw me off. And I was like, look, like, what the fuck is Phil Jackson talking about? Like, he's not he wasn't promoting going out and killing people. Well, until he started rapping, but he wasn't going promoting and going out and killing people and robbing people and none of that. He was simply dressing how niggas was dressing. You know what I'm saying? Like he had the same clothes on that people were where he was from, had that's how people dressed. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like everybody else in the league. I remember when KG used to wear them big-ass size 42 jeans with the big-ass polo shirts and shit like that. Like, that's how people dressed where people was from. So, like, I think that it really showed um, – I think it showed a lack of awareness from the league when they when they started to focus on that and changing that rule. Yeah, but then also it doesn't surprise me no, the way that Jordan betrayed mm-hmm. himself and the mm-hmm. things that Jordan said in certain interviews and shit, 
to hear Phil Jackson say that and mm. Jordan was the way that he was, it don't surprise me. Yeah. So then that whole thing comes about, and then Allen Iverson starts getting this this image, and then like he starts getting in trouble with the law and stuff. And a lot of it really circled his wife. And this is my thing. Anytime you're a public figure mm-hmm. and you've been with somebody that long, you got to think about, it, like I said earlier, he mm-hmm. met his wife like around his, well, I don't know when he met her, but when he started dating her, it was around yeah. sophomore, junior mm-hmm. year in high school. Now we're talking like 15 years down the road. Yeah. Relationships get rough, yo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, 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 and people go through shit. But the thing is, they had their arguments. But the thing is, when the, when the when the media is out to get you, they made it worse than what it really was. Like he went on, quite frankly, he was like, "Look, yeah, me and my wife, you know, what I'm saying we got into an argument." He said, "But then the media tried to say that I threw my wife out naked." He was like, "Why would I throw my wife out naked?" Mm-hmm. And then he was like, and then they start talking about a gun. He was like, "Man, they came in my house five days later looking for a gun." He's like, "If I had one, it wouldn't still be there." He said, "Man, they got helicopters flying around my house," and he was just like, "Yo, like they was really like out to get me." And then the 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 whole thing of his his personal life and how he was blowing through money and all this stuff. Now look, this is my thing with Allen Iverson. I think that yeah, he did go through a little spending spree. Um but like he said, yo, when you broke for 20 years and then all of a sudden you got money, it's like, yeah, you want to have yeah, fun, you want to buy do. shit. And then on top of that, that you... he was he was taking care of everybody else. Exactly. And like the whole thing of, now don't get me wrong, he, he did go through a little spill where shit got bad. Mm-hmm. But even though he fucked Reebok over for a little second, like they brought that v, the dude the VP of, of Reebok, he was like, you know, Allen came in, we had this whole commercial thing. It was in Coney Island, and he was like, we had like an hour left. And he said, I'm out. He said, I'm out. He was like, what you mean you out? He was like, what the fuck you mean you out? But I think, I think, uh, uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) But no, I was just going to say that. Even though, you know what I'm saying, he, he showed up to those events late and all that type shit, they came back and listened, dude, and, and, and that's why I say, these companies have to start taking care of, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, these motherfuckers. And Reebok did. Mm-hmm. So in 2001, now, this was around the time that they was, you know, uh, well, a little bit after that. It was probably like, it was probably more of like 2006, eight. Everybody like, oh, Allen Iverson is broke. He's mm-hmm. filing for bankruptcy. I, I think a lot of that bankruptcy was more of just debt that he didn't want to pay off, to right. be honest with you. You know what like I'm saying? Like rich people do. Yeah. So this is what people got to understand. He had a unique endorsement deal with them. So in 2001, they would pay him an additional 800000 a year for life. Mm. All right? Not only that, Reebok set aside a $32 million trust fund that he can't get until he's 55, which would be in 2030. Mm. Allen Iverson is straight out here, people. 
Like, oh, he's he more than straight. But the thing he is, straight, but the thing is, it's like for a company to mm. do that. They don't do that with everybody. Well, that's now, that's that goes back to the fact of what we were saying earlier, man. Just how this lets you know just the type of player this dude was. Like, yo, like Allen Iverson, bro. He had me wearing church socks playing basketball because I thought that he had a big ass black sock on his on one of his legs. I didn't know that it was a compression stocking. So with with me being as young as I was in my ignorance, I had I used to have these real black, real tight church socks. And I would put a church sock on my left leg and then wear a regular sock on my right leg. And I would play basketball like that because I seen Iverson do that once. So I mean, like that just that just goes to show you, bro. No. just the type of nigga, like, just the type, just how much influence he had on niggas hooping. Like I wore headbands because of Allen Iverson. Like I had, and then like on top of that, I already had braids. So like I had the headbands, I had the the wristband on the forearm, I had the the one, you know, what I'm saying the one sock up, one sock down, like. Bro, the only thing I didn't have because of Iverson was his shoes. That's because I had on the T-Max. But Dude, I still was like, I wanted to dribble like Iverson, all that shit, bro. The two things that I used to do, and yes, I'm about to embarrass myself again. I didn't know what the sleeve was, right? Yeah. So my dumb ass got a long sock. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I know I somebody. I know somebody who did the same thing. I know I somebody the, who did the same thing. I cut thing. the tip off the sock yep. and I had slid a, that bitch on my arm. Sock on your arm. <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody who did that same thing. Hey, I did the yeah. same thing, but the sleep, yeah. and that's another thing. Change the game, dude. Yeah, people. He wore the sleeve because he had an elbow injury, and niggas didn't even know. And didn't even know they. And yeah. now people just wear it for fashion. It's stylish, yeah, because it's stylish. Yep. And that's just how dope Allen Iverson is, man. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I did that was dumb as fuck. Bro, he was on the he was on the cover of Two K for like <laughs> I had to, like man. ten years, bro. He was the first cover of Two K. That's what the I'm saying. He was on cover. he was on NBA Two K. He was on Two K Two uh Two K One Two Three. I want to say uh I'm trying to think. 2K10 was was it Jordan? He was on like four or five of them covers, bro. Straight. I never forget that. I had 2K on Dreamcast, and he was on the cover of it with the um. He had the blue alternate uh Philly uniform on. Man, that dude, man, and uh, and then I used to do the one thing. Well, like when he would shoot, he would drop his arms really quick. Mm-hmm. I ain't make man. Listen, I was in the backyard. I know I was like two for seventy five doing that. Trying to do that shit. I'm trying to throw my arms down real quick. I couldn't make a bucket, man. I was trying to do it. I remember, bro. Like the whole purpose of even trying to play basketball was we just played twenty one all day, and everybody would sit up under the rim when nobody guard you. We would all take turns just going to the rim, trying to get up and under people and hit layups, just hit wild ass shots, just knowing, bro, that's some shit that Iverson did, bro. Like that's that's just the type of player he was. Like if you if if you was open, you gonna take your shot. Somebody come guard you, oh, it's straight to the rack. 
Or if you was one of the people who couldn't shoot, bro, it's going straight to the rack, bro. I'm about to freak you, bro. I'm about to I'm about to hit you with some Iverson to do, bro. Like I'm telling you, man, he he really he really was one of those dudes that changed the game. Like the way that Steph Curry got people shooting threes, Iverson had people shooting jump shots and dribbling and taking it to the rack and playing defense. And I mean, like he literally had niggas really playing basketball. Yeah, man. And then like, so, you know, I'm not going to cover it too long, but like, but something that you mentioned, but you didn't mention this one part was that year, that 2001 year, like he won all of that stuff and, Mm -hmm. you know, they lost, but the Lakers up until game one, yeah, the Lakers didn't lose a undefeated. They swept everybody. I had one loss that whole year. They went four and one against the Sixers, dude. And I think he, I think that's when he dropped like what, like thirty or forty or some shit like that. Well, no, well the thing is they was down like they was down like twenty something points. Mm -hmm. Obviously came, but he ended up scoring. Was it forty or forty eight? Yeah, he had like forty or forty eight. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and they came back, but to so. Uh, like I said, they lost that championship next year, make it to the first round, get bumped out. Mm-hmm. So Iverson was like, you know, he just keep hearing, oh, they're going to trade you. They're going to get rid of you. They're going to trade you. Yeah. So he's like, you know, he goes in, talk to management. And they're like, look, man, everything is good. We're not going to trade you. Nah, 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 all this type shit. And also in the midst of this, he just recently lost his best friend. Yep. So he was like, man, we lost the game. Trade rumors, but management just told me because he thought going out there, the whole conversation was going to be, you know, are you getting traded? No, they just mm-hmm. reassured me that I'm not getting traded. But when he get out there, you know what I'm saying, to ask him, yo, um, we hearing some things about your practice habits, nah, nah, nah. Mm-hmm. So he, man, answers the listen, question. that nigga was playing with Aaron McKee, Eric Snow. Fucking um, Matt Geiger, had Matt Geiger, Matumbo, um, Tyrone, Tyrone Hill. Hill. Um, that nigga Larry. had Derek. Uh, he had Derek. Um, the Derek Coleman was already gone. Coleman already right, Coleman was already gone. So he had Larry Hughes. He had um, Aaron McKee. It was Snow. It was a. Uh, 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 I mean, that, that was really the most noticeable pretty guy. Much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But I mean, like, well, it was just well like... hold on. Wait a minute. Um, Iguodala. No. Um, Kyle Corver. Oh, yeah, that's right. He, that was early Kyle Corver, though. Early I thought Iguodala was on that team, too. I think he did. Yeah, it was. It was, but they weren't on that championship team. Well, they no, weren't on that I'm, no, I'm just talking about. I'm talking about the players that he had around them. Yeah. No, not yeah, the championship. I'm just talking about the players. Well, not championship. Had, well, the team that made it to the finals, but yeah. they weren't on that team. But like he, um, he had like Andre Iguodala. Like if and then yeah. if you look at if you look at the people that came up up under him, like you know what I'm saying. That that just lets you know. Like you know, what I'm saying, look at look how long Kyle Corver been in the league. Look how long Iguodala been in the league. You know what I'm saying? Like that lets you know that by playing with a guy like that, you know what I'm saying that they learn something from him somehow, some way. And also, and another thing before we get to the practice thing was another thing was the fact of 
Larry Brown. Larry Brown was oh, yeah. like, Larry Brown was like, people when he won the scoring champ, people would mm-hmm. say, "Oh, well, he shoots the ball forty times a game." He said, he "Yeah, like, he said, that's the only way we was gonna yeah. win." He said, "Yeah." He said, "I asked him to do that because mm-hmm. that was the only way we was gonna win because they built their team to be a defensive team, and Allen yeah. Iverson carried the weight of doing all the scoring, mm-hmm. so it was set up for it to be that way." Mm-hmm. And um. So I wanted to also mention that as well because people used to always call him a ball hawk. So yeah. to get uh, fast forward, we talking about he, practice. And he's like, man, every question just started to be about practice. He's like, man, what the fuck? He's he like, said, I'm man, supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about me coming to practice. He was so, like, not a game, not yeah. a game, not a game. We <laughs> <laughs> talking about practice. And so then he said, then the owner of the team is not the owner, but the GM is like, yo, I got to go out there. I got to go save them. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing. They were done asking questions. Yeah. Alan said, hell no, I ain't going nowhere. Yeah, he was sick of that shit. He was like, look, he was like, they talked to me about these trade rumors. And that's mm-hmm. what I thought this was going to be about. And he was like, I just lost my best friend. Mm-hmm. And this is the whole no nobody played this. Nobody wanted, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like they had like they just cut the cameras after this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what I'm saying? My friend is gone. I thought I was gonna be gone, you know, all this shit. And he was like, and then also the way they did it about practice, he was like, look, he was like, there's no way I could be, you know what I'm saying, an all-star player, MVP, all this type shit if I didn't practice. Right. And right. they were saying it. He wasn't saying that he don't like practice and that he never practiced. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't down. He he wasn't talking down on practice. He was right. just saying, like, we just lost a playoff game. Mm-hmm. And the only questions y'all are asking me about. And then they had to, these reporters had to know yeah. that his best friend just died. Yeah. Y'all know every damn thing else. Right. So you know this dude is going through something. They even said they, they talked about it on the broadcast. Yeah, and it's like, and now it all y'all can talk about is is practice. Right. And so, you know, then everybody made a whole big ordeal about this whole practice thing. People start making fun of it, making skits. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they showed Charlie Sheen. So it's like, so then. Philadelphia gets rid of him. That's what you were saying earlier. Um, yeah. You know, he ended up getting traded to Denver, and he has some. He had a good like this. That was that was the first time, and the only damn the only time mm-hmm. Melo made it to a conference finals. Yep. yep, is that year he had Obson on the mm-hmm. team, Obson, Jr. Smith, and all them boys. So yep. they said they weren't going to extend his contract. So then they trade him to Detroit. To Detroit, and then they want him to come off the bench. That's when he took the whole little spill about mm-hmm. when have you ever heard about a former um scoring champ come off the bench? When you yeah. hear about an all-star come off the bench, when you hear about, you know, this person, an uh, Olympian come off the bench. Mm-hmm. So he made it clear he didn't want to come off the bench. So then they shipped him to Memphis. Get to Memphis, he gets hurt. And then once he comes back, they're like, yo, you coming out the bench. And he was like, yo, I don't want to come out the bench. So he's about to do his retirement. Philadelphia hits him up. So he goes back to Philadelphia, which that only lasted a couple of days, but it wasn't his mm-hmm. fault. 
his daughter ended up having a undisclosed um, illness. Yeah. So he ended up quitting after that. And, you know, to think about Allen Iverson's story, and this wasn't on the documentary, but for him to be a first ballot Hall of Famer after all the shit that this man had to endure, all the stuff that mm-hmm. he had to go through, for him to still be a first ballot Hall of Famer to get his number retired uh, in Philadelphia, for for him to take the path that he has taken, for mm-hmm. him to take – listen, man, can you name another player, any sport, other than, other than Muhammad Ali, other than him, can you name another player that, that took the blunt of the bullets for other people to thrive? The only person I can say is Cap. Cap never made it back, though. Yeah, I mean, and, I know and that, that, and that he, is, and, and you're right, yeah, and you're right. That's, I mean, I'm, I, I feel you. I'm just saying, the like, only, only other person that, that even come to mind like that is Cap because, you know what I'm saying, you don't, we don't got a lot of people that, that that's done what those guys have done. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, Muhammad Ali, he, he I mean, he had the whole country. Mm-hmm. Hating him because mm-hmm. he wouldn't go uh, fighting the war, so it's like now I know Allen Iverson stuff isn't to that degree. What I mean by that is for him to overcome, you know, getting locked up in high school, him having to mm-hmm. get his GED, him, you know, no schools wanting to deal with him, for him to have to take the 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 mental beat down he had to take with people talking about him going to jail and then being the first picking the drug, and then. Everybody know the dress code is because of Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm That's saying? Um, you know, like that. I mean, this dude he, he endured a lot, man. Um, and then I don't know, man. Like, like he's always been that guy for me. I mean, anybody, anybody that know me, you know, throughout high school and everything, everybody would tell you like I wasn't the Jordan dude. Like I was mm-hmm. always Every, man. Any anybody around that time, if they tell you Jordan or anybody else, they lie. Everybody was an Allen Iverson fan, plain and simple. There's no, there's not one person on this earth who, at that time when he was playing and he was at the, the peak of his career in 2001, wasn't nobody like, oh man, I don't like Iverson. Wasn't nobody on that shit. Everybody fucked with Iverson, and I mean, like, like I said, he had the number one selling jersey. He had girls wearing jersey dresses with Philadelphia jersey dresses. He put the 76ers back on the map, plain and simple. Yep. Yep. Man, man. it's crazy, man. Well, I mean, it was a a great doc, man. It's just the fact that me just, like I said, I've seen maybe two two other ones. Mm -hmm. You know, so like. I just know a lot of other stuff and I was trying not to mix too much of the other stuff into this one, but, but I mean, it was, it was a good doc, man. They put a lot of, they put a lot of information in there. They, they made him more, it, 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 it made him more human. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Because I think that what people do is a lot of people go off of what they hear in the media mm-hmm. and they don't really want to, tried to understand the man. Right. You know, himself. Right. They they go off to what the media say and the way that he dresses, the way he carries himself on Instagram. Because I follow him on Instagram. Like, he's still the same guy. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He still dresses he got a, the same. He got a big heart, and he actually gives a fuck about people, bro. He just want to see people win. And then, you know what I'm saying, he's always making sure that he rooting for the underdog because he knows what that feels like. And that's who Allen Iverson is, you know what I'm saying, when it's all said and done. He's somebody who, you know what I'm saying, he, he'll he put himself out there so everybody else can make it to the other side. You know what I mean? And, and that's a, he's a selfless person at the end of the day. Very well said, my guy. Very well said. Yeah, Couldn't say it any better. Fire flame time, my brother. Are you ready? Uh, yes, sir. Let's go. Yoga fire. Yoga flame. Um, it's it's on you, man. You do the honors, bro. Uh, it's gonna be a little difficult for me because <laughs> nah, because everybody know how much I fuck with obviously. Mm-hmm. But just from seeing some of the other ones and some of the things that was left out in this one, mm-hmm. which I thought would have been even more in his favor. Like, I I don't know if they ran out of time. I don't know if the editing team – I don't know if they had it in there and the editing team cut it out. Like, I don't know. But there's still some other stuff about him that I have seen in other documentaries and I don't know why they didn't put it in there. And I felt mm-hmm. like it would have made it a little better, man. Um, as much as I love the guy, man, I'm going to have to give this, this doc here, Iverson. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to give this one like a three, man, because, Damn. and okay. I think the reason I'm going that low is because like, I don't know if it was the editing team yeah. or what, but like, I only brought up maybe two or three things that I know about him that they did not put in here. And I don't know why they didn't put it in here. Like, it's like this other stuff is great information, but they did not put it in this one. And I don't get it. Like they didn't put, they didn't put when they show a few clips of when he was on quite frankly with Stephen A. Smith, Mm -hmm. but they didn't even show the clip where he broke down. Oh, and quite frankly, well, I mean, if he was is is involved, is uh, if he was as involved with it as you say, then I mean, that could possibly be him too, it, saying that you know he don't want certain stuff in there. It's it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just if if you if you really really want to know Allen Iverson, I mean, I would say watch them all, but. I, I just felt that there was some other stuff that, that could have been in here that wasn't in there, and I wish that it was. That's why I'm giving it a three. It's not that it's a bad documentary. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that I've just seen other ones, and it's just like, and this came out after those. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to give it a three only because some of the stuff that was left out that I wish would have been in there. For sure, man. I'm giving it a three and a half. Um, only because just like how you said, man, it's a lot of things that were missing. I wanted them to um, dive a little bit more into his relationship with John Thompson, um, his relationship with um, Larry Brown, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and on top of that, like they didn't really talk about his home life a lot either. So 
I mean, it's it's a lot of stuff that I wish they'd have got a little bit more into, but I'm I'm a roll with a three point five. I feel you, man, because it's 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 just that I don't know why they couldn't put the stuff in there about that teacher that helped him get his GED. Like, there's yeah. a lot of footage. Like, dude, that was. I mean, that was like five minutes. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was more, but they only like ever not advertised, but actually shown like five minutes of that footage on another dock. And then mm-hmm. it's like they didn't put it in here. And it's like, well, why not? You know, like, um, you know, they didn't really get into um oh, what was the other thing? It was some other stuff. But anyway, but yeah, yeah I mean it's 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 a it's a good dock, man. Um, but sure. it, it just it's but it's just the fact of just if if you in this realm and, and you really really feel for this guy, there there's some other information that was left out that they could have put on there. So you know, but man, coming soon, man. Listen, I ain't even gonna hold you. This been on the list for a while. And I got a confession to make. Boy, I almost did this joint without you, but I almost did a 28. <laughs> <laughs> hey, funny. but I've been waiting I on this one. Hey, I've been waiting on this one, boy. Yeah. This this man, man, all, all I can tell you. Oh, man. He said, my man said, Oh, how did he say it? He was like, nah, Jay Reed. Jay Reed. Uh, it was, uh, I, forget, I can't say how he said it, but man, <laughs> listen, man. That motherfucking pool table. Come on, man. All right. We ain't going to do that one. We not okay. doing that one. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> not doing that one. <laughs> Yo, fuck that, bro. I don't want to to even talk about that shit. That shit is, ugh. Man, listen, man, we 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 got something for y'all, man. This is, but you yeah. know what I'm saying. Just know it's gonna be a lot of lick licking, lick lip licking. Damn, I can't even say it. lip licking. Lip licking. Say that yeah. shit five times, man. Man, that's. <laughs> uh, yeah, like this this movie, man. Also, this. Oh, we 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 could we could we could talk about some mental shit. Because, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like the, the, I can say this. Going undercover, yeah, that's that's crazy. Like that's crazy. It 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 is, man. Like it's like acting. It's like method acting. That, yeah, it's real. It's real life acting. Method acting. Yeah, it's real life so, method acting. Like you gotta, you got when you gotta really get into that character so much so that. You start to become that character, man. I'm telling you, I'm ready yeah. for this one, but I'm ready yeah, for this for sure. one because this is a and, and then and what I love about doing it the most. And I'm gonna shut up, y'all, because I know y'all we, we went along on this one, <laughs> but like, yo, I'm telling you, this movie's so dope, and it's like nobody talks about it. It's Some like one of those pe- people do, but it's it's a it's a um cult, it's a cultural classic. It, it is, but it's more of a cultural classic than something like Boys in the Hood. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this is like yeah. You know, 
Man, I, it's uh, you just you just got to be a part of the culture to understand the significance of it. Like it's just like like you said, if if you ain't a part of the culture, boys in the hood ain't gonna hit the same. You know what I'm saying? Friday ain't gonna hit the same. You know what I mean? Like I talked to a, a bunch of my friends who um who aren't uh who aren't as dark as I am. Yeah, I put it like that. And um, you know what I'm saying? Like they love Friday like it's just like one of the greatest movies ever, right? Mm-hmm. But the stuff that they laugh at ain't the stuff that we laugh at. You know what I'm saying? Like they yeah. laugh at the stuff you're supposed to laugh at, of course. But it's other stuff that we laugh at, like when Felicia go, hey, Craig, can I borrow your VCR? Like we know, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we've, yeah. we've encountered somebody that's like that. That was like, that- no, nah, hell no, you can't, man. You ain't gonna do nothing to sell that motherfucker. No. She said, she said, Oh, I need to borrow your VCR right quick. Yeah, she like, like borrow you know, my VCR. She said, Yeah, I want to double take. She's like, Man, you get my. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the type of shit I'm talking about. Like, just little shit like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or when or when Smokey on the phone with her girl, and she's like, I look like Janet Jackson. He's like, Ooh, you look like Janet Jackson. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they'll never understand that because they never, hey. you know what I'm saying, had to go through that. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's certain <laughs> stuff. Yeah, it's certain <laughs> shit that they laugh at. Like, that, like, yeah, that right there. Like, just him going, Control. Like, we know it's funny because that's a Janet Jackson song. Like, so for us, you know exactly. what I'm saying? We get, they don't get that type of shit. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely a cultural classic, man. But, um, Next next Friday, or this coming Friday, I'm sorry. I said next Friday. This coming Friday, man, y'all be ready. We got something for y'all. We'll be uh back at it, you know what I'm saying, like we always are, trying to keep it consistent. Um, Man, thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for uh fucking with us. As you already know, man, follow me at Scoots Bronson on Twitter, at Scoots Bronson underscore TV on Instagram. Um, Make sure you go check out my last interview on 15 Minutes of Fame. Uh, with Hustle Boy, make sure y'all go support that. Um, 15 Minutes of Fame is everywhere, it's on all podcast platforms. So make sure y'all go check that out. 15 Minutes of Fame with Scoots Bronson, special guest Hustle Boy. Um, go follow us on Instagram at View and Nine Pod and go follow us on Facebook at the VA Pod Watch Group. I got a beef with you. Oh, shit, what's up? The intro beat didn't play. The intro beat didn't play. For 15 minutes of fame. Oh, yeah. I, I stopped doing that. I like the intro beat. I appreciate I stopped doing it because, um, like I said, man, because, you know, I, I switched over to a yeah, new host. Yeah, And um, I'm trying something I'm trying something different, man. Um, I noticed that some pods don't have that. Um, they don't have intros. You know what I'm saying? And... I think that it's for me. I want to be one of those pods. At least that one. I want that to be like something different. So I'm trying something new, man. I'm I'm trying. I'm I'm not gonna do any intros from here on out. Um, we we'll see how it go though. We we'll see how it oh, lasts. Okay. All right, nothing wrong with that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I I I like them because I mean my main thing is always you know what I'm saying put put my guy Casey on trying right. to trying right. to explore this music and stuff. So. Right. But uh, I am yeah. gonna get with Casey because I think I might want to do a um an outro instead of an intro. 
So uh-huh. like as I'm as I'm saying my you know what I'm saying goodbyes and everything, let that play in the end. Maybe that'd be something I I might have to talk to Casey about that, but maybe that'd be something I add in. You know what I'm saying and, and let that ride out. We'll see. Bet bet. Um, y'all can check me out at uh, S dot Foster Eight on Instagram and Twitter. Um, both of those. Um, like I said on the last pod, I switched it over, so it's a 28 minutes or less pod on um. Instagram, also uh, 28 Minutes on Facebook. Uh, you can check me out there. Uh, still, the last episode of Stolen Time Podcast is uh, the farewell to Uncle Washington, uh, where I had a bunch of guests. Uh, Scoots was a part of it. Uh, also, my last 28 Minutes or Less episode is still the uh, Hustle Bar interview that I have. Where mm-hmm. you, it's, it's, you know I'm saying both of them Listen, go listen to both of them. Um, even though it's the same person, you get a lot of different stories. So um, so check out both of those podcasts. And uh that's it, man. That's all I got. That's what's up, bro. So um yeah, man. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for listening as usual. We definitely appreciate y'all. Uh see you guys Friday. Uh with that being said, man. Um, like I said, Hollywood, that's a wrap. Cut.